the Journey Hometown Journal. So the Israelites, God freed them from bondage to bring them to the promised land, yet 40 years of wandering in the desert because of disobedience, it postponed their entrance into the promised land. And the land in between is where decisions are made. For the incarcerated, it's a time to go back. Is it the time to go back into bondage or to follow God? Welcome to the Hometown Journal. I'm Mercedes Rich. David and Debbie O'Brien are our guests today. They are the co-founders of the Land In Between Ministries. So what do you do and what's the focus of the ministry? Well, the focus of the ministry is to bring healing and hope uh, into the jails for the men and women that are incarcerated. And we take in ministries like Celebrate Recovery, and we have organized volunteers to come in and lead Bible studies with the men and women. Currently, we are in the Lynchburg Jail and the Amherst Jail, and our next goal is to get into the Halifax Jail. We have some volunteers right now that we've been working with to try to get in there. Right now, the Blue Ridge Regional Jail Authority is five jails, but the Bedford and Rustburg are just uh, small holding areas for right now. They're not real active in, in, uh, in uh, holding the inmates. Gotcha. And do you guys have a goal of how many you would like to reach in a certain amount of time or? <laughs> well, as many as we can. You know, we, <laughs> we have a goal of increasing, you know, the, the volunteers that go in so that, um, you know, in, in the setting that they're in, the loneliness, the, you know, time that they have to reflect, they need positive influence while they're in there and they need the influence of the gospel. Uh, and so, yeah, we have a goal of increasing the, the people that go in so that there's a, a flow throughout the week of Bible studies that are available, uh, things like Celebrate Recovery as well, that they can attend. You know, and one of the things that, that we have been able to accomplish there, we want to accomplish, is also to establish a, a rapport with the staff that work there. It's a difficult job. And, you know, they need uh, healing themselves. And so we pray with them sometimes. We've uh, several times gone and had a noon prayer with them, whoever wanted to attend outside. And so we, we want to create an atmosphere where this is something that's welcomed because the observation has been it makes a difference uh, when the Bible studies are in there, when programs are available within the jails, uh, to give opportunity to have changed lives, to make that decision, to you know repent from the choices and decisions they were making and, and turn to Christ. So uh, really change starts from the inside out. And, and so uh, it's so important for them to have settled some of these issues before they get back out into society, uh, you know, getting jobs and living their life again, that they have, uh, you know, a direction and purpose for their life. Hmm, yeah. And we can see the focus behind the ministry is the hope, you know, of Jesus and spreading that hope. But what was the reason behind founding this ministry? Well, our own lives, really, what God did in our own lives. Uh, you know, I'm in recovery myself. I've been uh, sober for over 28 years. Mm. And uh, back in the mid-90s, you know, because of my addiction to drugs and alcohol, you know, I made some poor choices. And I was incarcerated myself for four and a half years. Mm. And, you know, during that time, God had uh, changed my life. You know, going into that, uh, you know, I, I was a Christian and uh, had been saved, but I struggled with my alcoholism off and on, and realized, uh, you know, I'd basically, you know, uh, put my family in the poorhouse, and, and I had to make some decisions. Uh, I had enough information to stay sober a thousand years, and uh, yet I wasn't putting any of it into practice. And so I kind of equate that to uh, Jonah being in the belly of a big fish and uh, God getting his attention. Mm -hmm. And so God got my attention, and he put it upon my heart 
to serve and give back uh, in ministry, but I did not know what that looked like. You know, uh, one of the miracles that happened at that time, too, is God was able to continue to help restore my family as well. And so, uh, you know, my wife and family went through that with me. So we got involved in ministry early on in 2002 and got introduced to a program called Celebrate Recovery, and we had done that for a while. But the intention was to start Celebrate Recoveries in the area, which we were able to accomplish, but eventually take it into the jail. So about 10 years ago, uh, I had the opportunity uh, to start doing that. At one time, I was driving a big truck over the road, and I did that for 11 years. And as the ministry grew, it just became more apparent that we needed to do it full time. So once I was home and off the road, it just became obvious that we needed to start reaching out to the jails and, and starting there. We did it for 10 years within the local jail, two, three of them actually, actually four of them at that time. And um, then in 2021, it was brought to our attention that the former chaplains, um, volunteer chaplains had to step away and they were looking for some more um, volunteer chaplains to come in and take over where they left off. And so we prayed about it and felt like that that's, God, that's where God was leading us because we were already involved in the jails pretty deeply, actually. And so it just seemed like a natural fit for us to move into that position as a volunteer chaplain to the Blue Ridge Regional Jail Authority. And was it a hard transition for for you, David, going from being incarcerated to helping the incarcerated and for you, Debbie, to go alongside that as well? Not really in that sense. You know, yeah, certainly it brings back memories and stuff like that. But, you know, God had healed me and uh, it had changed my life in such a way uh, that it, it made sense uh, because I could go in uh, with the idea of identifying with the struggles that some of them have been through and are going through right now. And so uh, it just made sense. And yes, I have been blessed uh, with a wife who has come alongside me in ministry and enjoys it herself. I love being able to go in and uh, minister to the women, there is such a huge deficit within um, their lives when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ and being able to get in there and share the gospel. You know, this is the thing that's really interesting. The pretense is pretty much gone once they're incarcerated for some. And there's a lot of past hurt and events in their lives that they had no control over that led them to living out lives that got them incarcerated. And it's just very encouraging to see someone come in with a thought of who they think God is to come into understanding truly who he really is through his son, Jesus Christ. And seeing that been able to impact their lives in an incredible way has been very, very rewarding. And it's not easy. Let me tell you, this is not an easy ministry to be involved in because you do um, come up against some resistance for sure. And you watch men and women, the women for me in particular, grab a hold of who Christ is. And then when they walk out the door, they go back to their own um, things and their old behaviors. And that's hard to see. And I tell them all the time, you don't have to come back in here to see me. You can see me on the outside too. That is David and Debbie O'Brien of The Land In Between Ministries. And we're letting you know about this jail ministry, what they do on a day-to-day basis, and how you can be involved. To find out more, visit thelandinbetweenministry.org. Back with more in a minute. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. 
Mercedes Rich back with you along with our guests David and Debbie O'Brien, the co-founders of the Land in Between Ministries. And what does your day-to-day ministry look like? Because you mentioned that it wasn't easy. So what does it look like for you on a day-to-day? Is it different or is it kind of the same each day? Uh, no, it's uh, it's different. You know, uh, there's times when, uh, you know, either through a request, uh, I'll go in and visit somebody, you know, individually. We have uh, set aside certain days where we emphasize our time in there in jail. And uh, so, you know, uh, you know, one of those things is, you know, celebrate recovery. The other times, uh, I'll go in with some of the guys while they're doing a Bible study in the dorms and help them out with that. And it's just making ourselves available. And uh, when there's uh, chaplain requests and requests to visit, we do that. We drop off a lot of Bibles and things like that and try to get materials to them uh, that we've discovered uh, that are good for uh, new Christians uh, that we can uh, you know, keep in their hand. They love to get stuff like that. Uh, it's really exciting to see them get those materials and actually wear them out while they're in there. You know, For us, you know, day-to-day, on Tuesdays, we go into the Lynchburg jail with the women and do the Celebrate Recovery Ministry, and we do that on Thursdays at the Amherst jail, and David goes into Lynchburg on Thursday night. But throughout the week, Monday through Friday and, and on Sundays, actually, the volunteers that we have through the Land In Between Ministry go into all the facilities, and they'll hold Bible studies for an hour or two, either in a classroom or in the dorm themselves. So we're very blessed with the men and women that God has brought our way who have a passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ and desire to go in and share it with others. Hmm. And you mentioned a little bit of the about the volunteers. So does it look like that on a day-to-day basis for them as well as the Bible studies? And what exactly do they do? Uh, it's, uh, each one has their own style and they're kind of free to either read through a, a book or uh, some, some of the churches bring in, uh, you know, a Bible study material. Others go right from the scriptures uh, and then kind of have a, a, a question and answer time uh, during that period that they're speaking. Yeah, I know that for like in the Lynchburg facility right now on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, there are two different women, actually three women who go in Um, on those two days, and they spend two hours in the Word of God with these women, and they love it. Like, they have their own devotional. They'll read with them, and they'll go through each book of the Bible, you know, whatever book they're studying at the time, and study it and answer questions. And it's just been very encouraging to see this, because this wasn't going on, actually, um, much, especially when COVID hit. When COVID hit, everything went away. And so these men and women were left with absolutely nothing to direct their minds and their spirits to for almost two and a half years, actually. Yeah, man, that must be difficult to be able to see on a day-to-day basis. So how do you deal with that and combat that whenever, you know, you can finally go back into into the jails and the prisons? So how do you you know, if that makes any sense, how can you combat that um, with the fact that they didn't have anything for two and a half years? Well, it's it's exciting. I think people were people were ready. The one, the ones who were inside were ready for programs to start, ready for Bible studies to be available, and so they were pretty excited about it. the inmates uh, that wanted to be involved. Were excited about that. We prayed about it the whole time it was shut down. It was it was hard on the volunteers because we knew that there was a need and that need was not being met. And so we just prayed about it. We met with the administration over the year and a half. 
that we um, struggled with the with the open up and shut down, open up and shut down. It was like the yo-yo mm. effect at that time. But once we got back in, there was a lot of excitement. You know, I don't work with the guys. I work with the women. And there's some women in there who I've worked with for almost three years now. Mm. And they talked about the deficit and, and that they felt. But, you know, the cool thing is, is that even though they were shut down and they weren't and we weren't allowed to go in, they still had God's word with them. Mm. And they were still getting into the Bible and studying it themselves. And we were able to drop off Bibles on a pretty regular basis and other curriculum that they were requesting so they could continue to grow on their own. Because, you know, once the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and he keeps pulling you closer and closer to himself, there's not much you can do to resist that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. What would you say the best part about being a part of this ministry is? Well, watching God work, Hmm. watching, uh, you know, uh, people's demeanor and spirit change uh, as they become more comfortable and understand and find the freedom that they find in Christ. Um, Just looking for that one changed life. A lot of it is about planting seeds, you know, and a lot of times in in ministry, uh, you have to kind of wait on seeing the fruit, especially in the jails. And so we have some people we know, men and women, who, you know, uh, what we would call success stories because they're following through what started in there on the outside and they're still doing well. But a lot of times, uh, I've noticed this over the years, uh, I'll run into people in town. Uh, Debbie will run into someone in town that that knew us uh, when we were in there, and we, we never knew how it impacted them, and they'll let us know that they're doing well and that it really made a difference for us to come inside. Yeah, for me, too, I agree with everything David just said, but also for me, too, it's watching someone walk into the class room with their head down and just completely utterly broken and not believing that God is really there for them. So I think that for me, um, what I love getting out of it is watching a woman come in to the class um, and 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 into studying the God's word, totally feeling um, abandoned and let down by God, by family, by society, whatever by themselves, yeah, a lot of hatred, a lot of self-hatred I see, Um, and just watching them grab a hold of who they are in Christ and getting their identity from him and not from what they've done. I never, I rarely ever know what their charges are because I don't want to know because that's not who they are. That's what they did, and I tell them that all the time. We don't talk about your charges. We don't talk about that stuff in class. We talk about what, who Jesus is and what he can do for you and what he has to offer you. That's what we talk about. Today on the Hometown Journal, we are highlighting the work of the Land in Between Ministries. Our guests are David and Debbie O'Brien. To find out more, visit thelandinbetweenministry.org. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Mercedes Rich back with you. Today we're featuring the Land in Between Ministries and the volunteer opportunities available. Our guests are David and Debbie O'Brien of the Land in Between Ministries here in Lynchburg. What about the name of the ministry, the Land in Between? How does that fit into that? And and what is the Land in Between? Okay, well, that's a good question. Let me just uh, give you a, a sound bite of that question. So what is the Land in Between? Well, for the Israelites... God freed them from bondage to bring them to the promised land, yet 40 years of wandering in the desert because of disobedience, they postponed their entrance into the promised land, 
And the land in between is where decisions are made. For the incarcerated, it's a time to go back. Is it a time to go back into bondage or to follow God? I was going through the Old Testament, reading about the Israelites going through the wilderness, and I was sharing some of that with the girls in class one day, and then it just hit me. You guys, you are in the land in between. This is when you guys need to make a decision whether you're going to go back into the bondage that brought you in here in the first place, or when you walk out that door, are you going to go into the promised land that God has you? And we tell people all the time, you have to make that decision now. You don't make the decision when you walk out the door after your time is up. You need to make that decision right now as to whether you're going to follow Christ, whether you're going to stay in the bondage, or you're going to go into freedom. And so it just seemed like a really good fit to the name of the ministry. And when that name came up, we weren't doing this ministry at the time. It just, and then a couple months later, God says, oh, guess what? You're going to be doing ministry full time as a 501c3. And he he had already given us the name. So it was definitely a God thing. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest changes for us is to be a nonprofit Mm -hmm. and and, uh, trusting God uh, through donations and things like that. So it's been a uh, certainly a, a challenge of faith, but it's, it's been exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, it's great to see how God works and how God worked through that and is still working through your ministry. So what would you say is your main prayer for this ministry and how God will work through it? I think that for us, our main prayer, you know, when we first came into it, it was more about the, I called them the residents of the um, jails. But over the last year, God has really made it very apparent to us that it's not just about the inmates, but it's about the staff and the administration also, because these are cities within with, with walls is what they are. Each facility is its own city, and it has its own uh, mayor and vice mayor, and it has its own city council, and and it and the, you have the the inmates and then you have all the guards and every single person who walks in and in and out of those doors needs a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I think our biggest goal has been for the administration to see us as partners in what they do. And I really believe that God helped us do that last year Yeah. because what he really laid on us to do last year, and it was a huge success, I believe. Yeah. And part of this, what Debbie's getting ready to mention is, you know, how can we minister, you know, now, you know, because we were in between the open, closed part of the jails, this was a while back, but what can we do for them uh, to to encourage them, to let them know we're thinking about them and praying for them? Uh, and so uh, Debbie had come up with the idea of uh, giving them a thank you card with a gift card, and uh, she can tell you the, the rest. Yeah, so um, a gift card, like say a $20 gift card for their family for the holidays. And um, I thought, well, that's a good idea. And then I thought, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of money. But you know, God, if this is your deal, then you're gonna then you're gonna do it. And boy, did He do it over and above what we needed. We were able to gather twenty twenty five dollar gift cards for over three hundred staff members within the Blue Ridge Regional Jail Authority, and give them a thank you card at the first of the year, telling them that we appreciate what they do. And we're just very thankful for the job that they do. And we do recognize that it's a hard job. And pretty much every single time we go into one of the facilities, someone who works here will come up and say thank you for that. We, no one's ever done that for us before. 
you know, we have to remember that it's not just about the inmates. It's about everyone who's involved in that facility. The men and the women are all from all walks of life who work here because they all need Christ. And so I think one of our biggest goals is to continue in that endeavor is for them to continue to see us as partners, to walk alongside of them as they do their jobs. They have very difficult jobs. They have thankless jobs. And um, it's just hard. And we want them to know that we're there for them, too, as long as, as well as being there with the inmates. And there is a serious lack in our area for Christ-centered recovery homes so that when someone comes out of incarceration, they have a safe place to go to where they can continue in their growth, specifically with the ones who are coming out of addiction. And there are some great places in our area, but none of them are Christ-centered. And I think that is a, a definite cry of my heart and of David's is to be able to provide something of like that. Yeah. There the is future. some for the men, but they need more for the women. Yeah, the women. Well. Like, there's nothing here for yeah, the women. Our, our prayer is to also, you know, uh, have God continue to bring the volunteers uh, yeah. so that we can, you know, pretty much have six or seven days of the week taken up with people coming in and bringing hope and healing through God's word. And continue to pray that, uh, that God, you know, puts it on the hearts of people to continue to fund this ministry. Yeah, because like David said earlier, we are a 501c3. We are, we're into our year number two as of January. And so we are, you know, we're dependent upon the um, contributions of others to support this ministry. And we're very grateful for those who already do. Our needs are met, that is for sure. But um, we're just trusting God for the next step, whatever it may be for us. As you've heard, the Land In Between Ministries provides opportunities to be involved in the jails, and the best way to find out how to do that is at thelandinbetweenministry.org. I'm Mercedes Rich. I want to thank our guests, David and Debbie O'Brien. And thank you as well for joining us on the Hometown Journal. You've been listening to the Journey Hometown Journal. If you're a part of an organization or know of one in the communities we serve and would like to be considered as a guest, please make your request at myjourneyfm.com. Email office at myjourneyfm.com or call 800-424-9594. The Hometown Journal is a presentation of The Journey.